Shalom, shalom, and welcome. It's Kenny Russell, Bulldozer Faith, living life in the spirit. Thanks for joining with us today as we take time to be edified and built up in the scriptures and proclaim the name of Yahovah. He is high and lifted up, and I hope you're blessed and encouraged today and that we are standing upon the promises that he has for our life. So tonight, what are we going to be looking at? Really, the, the heart of this theme between Feast of Trumpets and uh, coming into uh, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which will be this Sabbath. You might be tuning in right now thinking, wait a minute, I thought it starts tonight and tomorrow. Well, that might be the case in the land of Israel, but we follow the sighting of the new moon and we want to follow a more biblical model rather than following a rab- following a rabbinical model uh, of uh, one of the last orders of the Sanhedrin to change uh, the the way of uh, establishing the time and the time of the feasts. So we want to see the restoration uh, and go back to how things were done at the time of Yeshua. So for us, it'll be Friday night and Saturday. We'll be moving into the Day of Atonement, one of the most holy days of the year. One of the things we're looking at in this abiding time is identifying just how much the Father loves you and cares for you and how important grace is in our walk as Torah-believing um, uh, people in the Messiah. Hallelujah. So tonight, basically what we're looking at, we're looking at God's agenda in your life. You know, we can have so many ideas of things that are uh, or, or ways that we think things should be done, but are these really the way that the Father wants them to be done? So let's just take a moment to give a few shout-outs to those that are tuning in. I see we've got Lola with us. Welcome. We've got Russell in the UK. We've got B. Uh, we've got Yogi with us as well. Thanks for joining with us. Uh, I did see some other people showing up there. Uh, maybe it's on uh, uh, this feed. Where is that? Oh, that might be it right now. If you're just tuning in, I just encourage you, just uh, give us a shout out. Let us know that you are watching. It's always good to see where people are watching. And just to encourage you that we do put these up on podcast as well. And it goes out on multiple channels around uh, so many uh, platforms. So appreciate you joining with us live. What a blessing it is to come around the scriptures. And as we're looking at this abide, what does it truly mean to abide in him? What does it mean to be yoked with the Messiah and to to live our lives like him? These are key things that we want to be established within our life. So many people go through the 10 days of awe and the preparation, especially within Judaism. And why do they do that? You know, they want their name to be written in the book of life. This is not the Lamb's book of life. This is uh, the the book of life from uh, rabbinical Judaism, and you've got to do certain things to uh, for for atonement so that your name can be in the book for another year. So you have the not so religious Jews going to run around for ten days trying to do good deeds to build up their good deeds, to bring it to a place where uh, they can have their name written in the book of life. And you've got the religious, well, they're okay. They've got everything sorted, you know. Their prayer is, 
thank you, Father. I'm not like the tax collector, uh, the sinner next to me. You know, I do this, I do that. And because of all the things that I do, I'm secure in the book of life. But that's not how we are called to live our lives in the scriptures. And that's not the purpose of this feast, um, the, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. The purpose of Yom Kippur is the repentance and the transformation of the nation that we come together as a nation. The spring feasts are about you personally, your personal salvation, your forgiveness of sins, being filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. And the fall feasts are about the nation, us being together as one. That's why it's so important that we take time uh, to really press in to see how we can operate together. We are called to be community. And what Hasatan wants to do, he wants to break you down so you're not experiencing what it means to walk in community in Messiah. Okay, so let's just take a moment to pray and we'll press into the scriptures here this evening. Father, I want to thank you for this day. I thank you, Father, more than anything. I thank you for your word, that your word is a lamp unto our feet. Your word is powerful and we praise you, but it's more than your word. Your word is alive in Messiah and Yeshua. We welcome you uh, in our midst that you will minister to us. I pray, Father, that you minister to the brokenhearted, that you will bring transformation. And as we seek to edify and build the body, Father, if there's those who are tuning in right now who are uh, downcast, struggling, just, you know, feeling like, what is my position? Where, you know, who am I in the kingdom of Yehovah? I pray that during this time tonight, you'll set our hearts on fire. So we proclaim right now that we have eyes to see, we have ears to hear, and hearts that understand. Come on, just take a moment and make that declaration. If you're in a location where you can speak it out loud, thank you, Father, I have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that understands in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so we've got uh, um, Thomasine with us as well. We've got Jeff with us as well. Good to see you. Thanks for joining with us. So just keep giving shout-outs and uh, uh, reports uh, throughout the time as we minister here. And it's always good afterwards to catch up with uh, what has been said in the comment section. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Psalm 113. We're going to read this uh, chapter here uh, as a foundation, and then we're just going to delve into some of the scriptures here. Thank you, Father. Praise Yehovah. Praise, O servants of Yehovah. Praise the name of Yehovah. Let the name of Yehovah be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun... Uh, to the place where it sets, the name of Yehovah is to be praised. <laughs> you know, I just love that because certainly with coming into Torah, I have more interest in identifying the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun. I love to be up early in the morning and seeing the sunrise and, and just being in the, the presence of Yehovah to listen to him. And, you know, where I stay right now, we see more of the setting of the sun than we do the rising of the sun. But I still like to be up early in the morning and uh, just to, to listen to uh, the breeze outside and you know, the animals starting to wake up as uh, the daybreak is coming forth. What a blessing. 
let the name <laughs> let the name of Yahovah be praised. We want to see the praise of Yahovah from the beginning of the day all the way to the end. And you know, some people have got this mentality, I'll spend 15 minutes with you in the morning in the scriptures and then the next time you know we spend time in the presence of God of course unless there's any crisis in the day then you might shout out to God in the day but a lot of people wait until the very evening before they go to sleep and thank Yehovah for the day but we want to be people who are living our calling in the name of Yehovah so what is Elohim's agenda for your life and for my life, because this is where true purpose comes from. It says in verse 4, Yehovah is exalted over all the nations. His glory is above the heavens. He is exalted above the nations. And this is where your purpose comes from, the very presence of the creator of the universe. He is exalted. He is high and lifted up. There is, there is nobody higher than who he is. And he cares for you. He has, you, you know, you are born for a purpose in the presence of Yahovah. He created you in his image for such a time as this. So if you feel purposeless, if you feel disconnected, then what we have to do is we have to get to that place where we exalt the name of Yehovah above the nations. That's above your plans, above the things that you think should be done. We lift up the name of Yehovah over our lives. And as the people of Elohim, we come at this time to say, Father, we don't want the agenda of self, but we want a selfless agenda. We want a, a living sacrifice agenda that we can be about your will and your purpose and witness the glory of a mighty God at this time. So Yehovah is exalted over the nations. His glory is above the heavens. There is no demonic stronghold can stop the will and purpose for Yehovah over your life. The only thing it can stop the will of Yehovah being established in your life is when you make a decision, I am not going to walk the ways of Yehovah. Maybe you've got disconnected because you felt like, well, you know, God has let me down. You know, I thought it was going to be like this. It's not like this. So therefore, I'm going to have to take charge of my own life, take charge of my own destiny and work it out. But listen, this is what the children of Israel did in the wilderness and they didn't get to enter into the land. So what's the key for us entering into the land? We have got to be obedient and walk by faith and trust in the presence of Yehovah. Hallelujah. Verse 5. Who is like Yehovah our Elohim, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? Who is like him? There is no one like him. He sits enthroned on high. What does it mean to sit enthroned on high? He's not just saying, I'm the, the king of kings and the lord of lords. He's sitting enthroned on high because he is in rulership. It's his rule that we want to see established on our, in our lives and on the nations. And what's our proclamation? Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So we are agents of change. We are called to bring the agenda of Yehovah 
to this generation, to the planet. We are called to speak against the assignments of what's going on in the world today in the midst of this pandemic and all the craziness that's going on in the governments, we have got to be agents of change. We've got to be those that are saying, you know what, we don't have to walk that way. We don't have to submit to, to this agenda of evil, but we choose to submit to Yehovah. And just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're like, Nebuchadnezzar, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to disrespect you, but... If you put uh, an, 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 an order in that cause, that, that's, that's job is to have me go against my God, then I will disrespect you to honor my God. And I will face the consequences, whatever those consequences may be. And for them, it was the fury of Nebuchadnezzar and being cast or thrown into uh, the, the furnace. Yeah. And guess what happened? The fourth man showed up in the fire. And that's what takes place. We have a God who is enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth. Man, he sees everything. He understands everything. And that's why you don't need to be in fear. You might be in a bit of a panic about how old you're getting or what's going on in your life. Am I really seeing the will of God fulfilled within my life? Am I walking in the ways of Yahovah? You know, you can speed up your destiny at any point of your faith walk. If you feel like you've been lagging, backsliding, missing the mark, the more you become diligent in the presence of Yehovah and abide in Him, the faster the recovery of restoration for the Father to restore you in Messiah to who He has called you to be. Verse 7, He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ashy heap. He seats them with princes with the princes of their people. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. You might feel like you've gone down to a place that's so low you can't recover. And what's the scripture say? He's going to raise you up. He will raise you up and bring you to a place where you will sit with princes. Why? You know, what's the purpose of this? To demonstrate who Yehovah is and how powerful he is and how he works within our lives. Hallelujah. All right, I see we're having a few issues with our feed. So just bear with me one second while I look at uh, the feed uh, that we are connected to. We seem to be on the fastest feed. So let's hope that everything is going to be uh, there, uh, strong there, okay? I'm recording this as well, so I can upload it after if we get an issue. So he raises the poor from the dust, lifts the needy from the ash, ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of their people. He settles the barren woman in her home and a happy mother of children. We serve a God who will bring change. Hallelujah. This is a God we can praise. So where are you at in the midst of your destiny? Where are you at in Elohim's agenda for your life? Are you submissive to his agenda? 
or are you just applying godly principles to your life? Have you fallen into the track or to the place of religion over relationship in the presence of Yehovah? Then my encouragement to you right now is repent and surrender to Yehovah that you will come to that place to receive everything he has for you. What a blessed scripture we have there when we're dealing with Elohim's agenda in our life. And, and sometimes we can be challenged with uh, how we receive the agenda of God because his ways might not be your ways. Um, you know, uh, his thoughts might not be your thoughts. You might face difficulty uh, within your life, within your walk, because of your understanding versus God's understanding. So, we've lost power. Okay. Hold on one second. Anyway, okay, listen, I want you to turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 2. We're talking about Elohim's agenda in our life, and sometimes there's a conflict with how we see things and how we understand. And, um, you know, this is Paul. He is with Peter, and this is a, a section where he rebukes Peter. And I want to read that from verse 11 of Galatians, chapter 2. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he... Uh, he was clearly in the wrong before certain men came from James. He used to eat with the nations, with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that their hypocrisy even uh, even Barnabas was led astray. So what's it talking about here? It's talking about how uh, Peter was under so much pressure from the circumcision group. And what do we understand about this circumcision group in the book of Galatians? They were trying to make sure the Jews were coming, uh, the, the Gentiles were coming to a place of conversion into Judaism. Basically, you know, going through the 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 the, proce uh, the the process of converting to Judaism, where this was not the plan that the Father had that we needed to be converted. And, and we see the result of this as we read from verse 14. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. <laughs> What's he talking about? He says, you're living like a sinner and not like a Jew. This, this is his way of communicating. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? So he's not talking about Jews following the way of Messiah. He's talking about Gentiles following Jewish customs. This is the Pharisaic customs that uh, some were adopting even after Messiah. But we're going to go back and look at the testimony of what truly happened in Peter's heart. And, you know, my encouragement is we've got to watch and guard ourselves that we don't fall into some prideful category of who we think we are, but we understand the importance of bringing the gospel to Jew and to Gentile alike. There is no difference. So you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, not like a Jew. How is it that you force Gentiles to follow 
Jewish customs, we who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, so this is what he's talking about, this is how they see them, the customs. If you've not converted, then you're a Gentile sinner. You don't have a covenant. He says, know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Yeshua, the Messiah. So we too have put our faith in Messiah Yeshua, that we may be justified by faith in Messiah and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one is justified. Now, this is what the Torah teaches all the way back in the beginning. This is uh, uh, the life of Abraham as well. He is justified by faith. It wasn't because of keeping the law that led unto salvation. It was by faith in Yeshua. So what's Paul saying? He says, the way for a Jew to come in faith in Messiah is the same way as a Gentile or those of the nations to come into faith. You know, there's not two ways. You know, it's not trying to teach them to be justified by the law, by your good deeds, by your actions, and, and just by filling, uh, fulfilling the, the principles of the Scripture. That is not the foundation for your salvation. You have got to believe by faith and accept Yeshua as your Lord and Savior. Verse 17, if while we seek to be justified in Messiah, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Messiah promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I'm a lawbreaker. So he destroyed the religious mindset. He, he recognized that before when he was walking in religion, he wasn't in relationship. That's why when Yeshua talked to the Pharisees, you know, what did he say? He said, he said if your father was Yahovah, you would accept me. But because you don't accept me, you don't recognize me, you, you deny who I am. The father is not in you because you have to receive, uh, you know, faith in Messiah. You can't just do it through your works. You can't say, well, I'm circumcised. I've gone through all the rituals. I'm born a Jew, so therefore I have everything. And just look at, you know, uh, Judaism's Yom Kippur we have today. You know, uh, what are they going through? They're trying to do the good deeds to make sure their name is written in the book of life for one year. When you come to faith in Messiah, you have the guaranteed seal of the Ruach HaKodesh. This is not about year to year. You are transformed. You are born again of the Spirit. You're not just trying to get through another year and many go live like hell. And then when it gets to the time and preparation for Yom Kippur, they either do 40 days preparation, 10 days preparation, trying to get themselves to a level where hopefully I'll just about be accepted uh, in the kingdom for that one year. You know what Judaism teaches? You know, you can disobey Yahovah and that's okay, but you disobey their rules and you're cut off to a lost eternity. You know, that's what they teach. If while we seek to be justified in Messiah, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners. Does that mean that the Messiah promoted sin, promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuilt what I destroyed, I proved that I'm a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law 
the law of sin and death, so that I might live for Elohim. I have been crucified with Messiah. I love this. I love this scripture. I love this picture because in abiding in him, we identify with Messiah. So here, what's Paul saying? I have been crucified with Messiah. I'm identifying in the crucifixion of Messiah that he paid this price for me. I've been crucified with Messiah. But here's the key. I no longer live, but it's Messiah living in me. The life I lived in the body, I lived by faith in the Son of Elohim, who loved me and gave himself for me. So when we come to faith in Messiah and we're abiding in him, it's no longer about how we live our lives. It's about how we walk in the presence of Yahovah. It's how we walk in his victory, that we are allowing the Messiah to operate through our lives. We are taking on what? The agenda of Yahovah into our lives. Hallelujah. I've been crucified with Messiah. I am presenting my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. You want to know what it truly means to stand in the presence of Yahovah? Then we must humble ourselves before a mighty God. I do not set aside the grace of Elohim, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Messiah died for nothing. This is not about religion. It's about relationship and what's important about the scriptures we've just read just now is how this interacts in the book of acts because we just talked about peter here and you know what did we see in the vision that peter had in acts chapter 10 when he comes to cornelius's house after this something like a sheet comes down before him and you know this is where Many people teach, ah, you know, you can eat peg, you can eat unclean things, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and what was it that Peter said? This is 10, 15 years after the resurrection of Messiah. And when this, something like a sheet comes down in the vision, he says, no unclean thing has crossed my lips. No unclean thing has crossed my lips. So what takes place here? He gets to that place where he ponders over what's taken place. He gets to uh, Cornelius's house. He arrives there, verse 28. He said to them, You are well aware that's against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But Elohim has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask who sent for me? So what's happening here? He has a revelation in the presence of Yahovah. And then we get to chapter 11 of the book of Acts. And, you know, he's got to present this whole case of what's going on. He's like, you know, guys, you've got to listen. And he goes on and he tells them uh, everything that takes place. And, you know, he's basically going over the whole story again. And he's explaining, guess what? This outpouring of the spirit that took place, this outpouring came upon the Gentiles as well. That's what was taking place at the same time. So it wasn't about the circumcised or the uncircumcised. They all received the Spirit. And because of that, 
you know, uh, it brought transformation for uh, the assembly at Antioch. They had to recognize what is going on, what's happening here. So when we look at that in contrast to what's going on in the, in the life of Peter in um, Galatians chapter 2 there, it really is quite interesting. The, how did he forget where he came from? And this is what happens with pressure on how we live our lives. If you're trying to build your life in Messiah based on the pressure of what other people think, for example, to follow the sign of the new moon over following the rabbinical calendar, it becomes a whole issue because the pressure. Look, why don't you just... You know, just do it the way the Jews do it. You know, walk in their way. No, I want to walk in accordance with the will of Yahovah and follow the scriptures and walk in his way, even if it means persecution. And that's what was happening with Peter. He was in that place where he was compromising because that awful group, the circumcision group, the ones that were trying to force religion onto those coming to faith, they had this, this separation club, this different gospel, a gospel for the Jew, a gospel for the Gentile. But let me tell you something, there is only one gospel. From Genesis to Revelation, there's only one story. If you are not grafted in to the commonwealth of Israel, you have no covenant. It's not the feast of the Jews, it's the feast of Yehovah. It's the feast of the Lord. And we are called to embrace the feasts and Yeshua said, as we shared on our last broadcast, that uh, in Matthew chapter 5, don't think that I've come to abolish the law, but I have come to fulfill it, bring it, bring it to its fullness. And, you know, we see that uh, when uh, Yeshua is mikvahed in the chapter before, or chapter 3 of the book of Matthew, and John says, oh, I'm not worried to baptize you. He says, Jesus says, let it be done uh, to fulfill all righteousness. But no one preaches that righteousness is all fulfilled and we no longer need righteousness. So why uh, do we say that the law is fulfilled and we no longer have to follow the law, you know, because Yeshua did all the law? He hasn't done all the law. He demonstrated the fullness of the law and what it truly means so that we can walk in the fullness of who he is. If you teach others to walk away from the law, you'll be least in the kingdom. But if you embrace the law, walk in the law, and share the law of Elohim, the Torah, with others, you will be great in the kingdom of Yahovah. So it's not unto salvation. Salvation is a free gift. You are saved by grace through faith. And that's the same message in the Tanakh from, from uh, the Old Testament, through the Torah, you're saved by faith, you know? You have got to believe and walk in the ways of Yehovah. Hallelujah. Well, I apologize. We've had a few issues with the uh, feed tonight. Hopefully I can find a way to get that sorted uh, for tomorrow. But I just want to uh, just... Just proclaim blessing over your life right now that we will get to that place that God's agenda in our life will be our top priority. And if you're listening or watching right now and you're at that place where you just feel like you are too much in control, you've taken the reins from God and you said, you know what, I'm going to do it my way, but I'll just do it my way for, with a little bit of 
you know, Holy Ghost stuff around it, then you need to repent and surrender your life back to him and present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Elohim as your spiritual act of worship. And just remember what Paul said in Galatians uh, 2, verse 20. I've been crucified with Messiah. I no longer live, but it's Messiah who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of Elohim who loved me and gave himself for me. What does that mean? The life I live in the body, you have got to allow the manifestation of the Holy Spirit within your life. So I'm not going to live by the flesh, but the life I live in the body, I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to apply his kingdom into my life. So the glory, the kingdom of Yehovah, the blessings of Yeshua will operate through my life to this generation. Hallelujah. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged. If you have a testimony you want to share with us, go to bulldozeoffaith.com. You can send us a note there on the contact page, or you can email me, kenny at bulldozeoffaith.com. If you're blessed and encouraged with the ministry and you want to support the work that we do to get the gospel to this generation, to make a difference for the kingdom, and if you want to sow seeds during this feast time into uh, the land of Israel and into his kingdom work, Go to bulldozeoffaith.com and uh, you can donate there. You can also see our bank information where you can direct deposit as well, which saves a lot of fees. Many people are doing that way for donations today, and we appreciate it. Thank you to everyone that gives to the ministry, that supports the work that we do. We appreciate it. And lastly, if you look at the, the header to this message, <clears throat> you will see uh, this month's newsletter. And it's got a nice outline, or a great outline, of the fall feasts. And I want to encourage you, take that link, share it with others. Uh, Christians and, and people who are not walking in Torah. And, and we just pray that people will come alive to the ways of Torah, to walk in the feasts and experience the blessings of what it truly means to be uh, applying the feast to our life, that we can get into the heartbeat of a mighty God. Thanks for watching. Until next time, shalom, shalom.